You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you so much for your time and tuning into our Sunday worship service. It's always a pleasure when we can come together as a unified body to worship and to get in the Word of God. Special shout out to our San Francisco family and friends around the world and of course our very own Metro family. You know for the whole month we've talked about the spirit of faith, of love, peace, and today joy. I got a question for you this morning. Over the last two years, have you found it difficult to be joyful in your life? <laughs> since, since the pandemic, have you, have, has it, have you found it difficult just to be joyful in your own life? I know I've struggled with it. Like, what's your reaction when you read this scripture by the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18? Many of you know where I'm going with this, with this passage. And it says in the NIV, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What a passage. Be joyful in the pandemic? Economic hardship, political division, health challenges, marriage falling apart, kids' mental health going south, racial tension, your Bible talk not feeling close and connected. Really, Paul? How can he say that? Can he really be thankful in all circumstances? Does he know something I don't know? He obviously does. Well, today... I'd like to look at another spiritual man that said something similar to Paul. Our lesson today is entitled, The Spirit of Joy. The Spirit of Joy. We're going to talk about having the spirit of joy in the midst of seemingly endless trials. Amen. We're going to be talking about the spirit of joy in the midst of seemingly endless trials. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for your spirit. We pray your spirit would search our hearts this morning, that, that your spirit would uh, come show us your word in a way that helps us to understand it, that we can discern different things going on in the world as well as in our lives so that we can be close to you and connected to you. Father, bless our Bible study, help it to encourage, challenge, transform, uh, convict, but most of all, encourage us in our faith on the journey that we're on right now. God, we love you. Bless our lesson today on the spirit of joy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in James, in chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, many of us have read this passage. Uh, if you've been a Christian for a while, you've probably read this passage quite a bit in your Christian life. In James, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, in the NIV, James says, and when it's talking about trials and temptations, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking anything. O-M-G. Were Paul and James out of their minds? We know what Paul said, but then James throws down as well. 
James says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. This morning, I'd like to talk to you about why can we consider it pure joy whenever we face whenever we face trials of many kinds? Like why can we consider it pure joy? Why is why is James talking like this? As we are in our third year of COVID, the first point James makes is that there is purpose behind the trials. I don't know about you, but if you're going through some trials over these last couple of years, there is purpose behind the trials. Look what it says in James. It says, consider it pure joy, right? When you face trials of many kinds, because there's, you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. James says, in order to develop perseverance, in order for us to last, in order for us to have stamina spiritually, our faith must be tested. Well, how does God test our faith, you ask? Well, through trials. Not just a few trials, but many trials, James says. You know, in the Greek, trials is translated as pressures or stresses of life. Do you have that this morning? Are you feeling pressure in your life? Do you feel stresses coming on in your life? Uh, meaning that the trials that come our way will be all kinds of stresses that cause pressure in life. It could be internal. It could be external pressure. Physical illness, financial, relational, mental, you know, disappointment, setbacks, criticism. The, the Greek word for trial also hints, though, of trouble. Meaning when trials come, it's something that interrupts our peace, interrupts our or breaks our comfort, disrupts our joy, and now takes over your life kind of like an infection, if you will. Oh, and by the way, James also says there will be many of those trials coming our way. Low intensity, medium intensity, high intensity, knock you off your feet trials, trials that make you want to pull your hair out, trials that knock the wind right out of you to the point of quitting. But James says all these kinds of trials have a purpose to the madness. Isn't that encouraging? As opposed to there's no purpose as you go through trials. It's just the way it is. How discouraging is that if it was like that? No, from God's perspective, trials have a purpose to test your faith so you can develop perseverance in your spiritual life. And developing perseverance is essential to making it to heaven, lasting a lifetime in marriage, growing deep in relationships, resolving strained relationships, overcoming any type of sin or character flaw in your life. Parenting your children to become model citizens and role models in society. Or becoming excellent in your job. And the list goes on and on. The truth is, who wants to be known in the church as the one who just survives, right? As the one who is hanging on by a thread. Come on, we want to win the MVP award or the most inspirational award. Some of us dream of having the being given the most courageous and even most improved award but certainly not the award for just barely making it. For this race to heaven, though, we must develop an endurance, a stamina, a staying power that can help us last to the end. And that's what being faithful is all about. You cannot develop a depth of perseverance without trials, plain and simple. So whatever trial you are in right now in your life, 
You know, the Spirit may be speaking to you this morning. Know that from James's perspective and the Bible's perspective and God's perspective, there is purpose behind the trial. And that's an encouraging thing to know. That's one of the reasons why we can be joyful in trial is because there's purpose in it. The trials you have is, is meant to develop perseverance in you. So consider thinking of trials as a blessing in disguise that is meant to grow your faith to make it strong so it can endure every attack from Satan. Satan. Look at this picture of the coconut tree for a minute. I'll show a slide right here. You know, coconut trees are one of the toughest trees in the world. Well, why? Because it must be tested by wind in order for it to develop a root system that the, allows the tree to, to, to have roots that dig deep and wide. So the tree can bend under pressure, but not break. It can't get that strong without the wind testing it, though. Just like your muscles won't grow unless it's stressed and strained, right? Coconut trees won't develop a root system that can stand hurricane winds unless it is tested by the wind. The wind is actually a blessing in disguise and not a curse. And I hope the way we look at uh, trials today, we'll, we'll be able to kind of look at trials in a way to go, wow, this may be a blessing that's happening in my life because there's purpose to behind the trials. Consider your faith for a second. In order for it to get strong, it must be tested. You know, in the 90s, an experiment, experiment was done in Arizona called the Biodome Experiment. And this was a picture uh, about this Biodome Experiment in Arizona. And this experiment tried to create a controlled living environment in the shape of a dome for humans, plant, and animal life to exist. They provided purified air, water, soil, and filtered light to see if life could not only survive, but thrive. It was, a consider, it was considered a failure in many respects. One area that was overlooked was how trees developed in that environment where natural wind was taken out of the equation. Trees would grow to a certain height and then topple over, and it, and it baffled researchers. What they realized is that due to the lack of wind to provide stress on the tree, its roots couldn't grow deeper, so that tree could only reach a certain height. Dennis Merritt Jones, who's a motivational speaker, author, coach, and a lecturer, uh, said, Watch how a tree bends and sways gracefully when the wind blows against it. It does not stand rigid resisting the flow of energy. It does not push back. The tree accepts the strong wind as a blessing that helps it grow. Such experiences develop our character and deepen our spiritual roots. When we grow deep, we too stand tall. And this is a quote by uh, Dennis Merritt Jones in, in a book called Redefining Moments in Your Life and Becoming the Person That God Wants You to Become. I mean, what a great, what a great quote this is from this book. If trees could talk, what would trees say about the wind, about resistance to it? Perhaps that the wind is a blessing in disguise to help its roots grow deeper so it could grow to great heights. What a lesson we could learn from trees. The second point that James makes is that there is a plan behind the trials. Not only is there a purpose behind it to develop our faith and develop our perseverance in us so we can make it to the end, right? It, not only that, but there's a plan behind it where 
it helps you and I become the best version of ourselves. Like I can become the best version of me through trials. And it is through the trial that God takes us there. There's a plan behind the trial. It's beautiful. In James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, it says, let, in verse 4, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. These couple verses here have so much meat and potatoes in it. You know, I often think that the path to maturity in the faith comes from reading your Bible and praying. And that's partially true. But James says, maturity and completeness come from trials that develop perseverance in you. And that as you develop that perseverance, you become something different in that process too. God's got a plan for who we become in the midst of our trials. That's why we can consider being joyful as we go through trials today, tomorrow, and in the future. And I hope that encourages your faith this morning. James says we become mature and complete through the perseverance developed from the trial. The word mature is teleos, which means fully grown or developed, fit for the task at hand. It's often translated as perfect, so it's a bit, it can be a bit misleading. Perfect or mature is not sinlessness or perfection, but it's about one that is fully grown and fully developed, fully ready, fully instructed for the task God designed for you. Isn't that cool? It's like trials perfect you, if you will. But it, James also talks about our trials complete, you know, help us to become complete, not lacking anything as well. The word complete carries the idea of removal of weaknesses or impurities from your character. It's like tri trials complete you to becoming more like Jesus. <laughs> That's such a cool thought. Think of trials, think of it as trials perfect you and complete you to the point of lacking nothing. You go, what? And the result is you becoming the best version of you for God, for God's people, for the kingdom, for the church. This best version of you takes time to mature and to become complete. It's not a quick fix in your life. The maturation process takes time. That's how important trials are in our lives. I wanted to share a story in honor of Black History Month of how a trial helped a man become the best version of himself to God. Have you ever heard of the song, Take My Hand, Precious Lord? Sometimes it's Take My Hand, Precious Lord, or in other, in, in looking it up, it can also be Precious Lord, Take My Hand, right? Like it, it, and it, it's a very well-known gospel song. And we, you've, you've heard it sung in our fellowship. You've heard it sung many places uh, in the whole world. And... This song was written by a man named Thomas Andrew Dorsey. Thomas Andrew Dorsey. I want you to remember his name in honor of Black History Month. Uh, and, and I love this story because it's an example of, of, of how a trial can, can, if you handle trials the way the Bible calls you to handle it and directs you to handle it, instructs you to handle it, it could lead you toward... Uh, becoming the best version of who God wanted you to be. And it's such a beautiful thing. Thomas Andrew Dorsey was born in 1899 and died in 1993 at the age of 94 years old. And this popular gospel song gave much inspiration and courage to African Americans in the civil rights movement. What many don't know 
is that this song was written in 1932 in a time of tremendous grief and heartache after losing his wife in childbirth and his son dying the next day. So he lost his wife in childbirth when he was traveling uh, you know, to go to a gig and, and the next day his son also died. It's in this trial and in this setting that he clung to God's word and the passage that he quotes in, in many of the documentaries written about him is Isaiah 41 verse 13 in the King James Version. For I the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand saying unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. The Saturday after his wife and son's passing, he said God gave him the words and melody to that song, Take My Hand, Precious Lord. He gave up a successful career in jazz and pursued gospel music. And over the course of his career, he composed over 400 songs, became the first African American to be inducted into the Nashville Song Writers Hall of Fame. That song at that time was the most recorded gospel song ever. And he became known as the father of gospel music. That song, Take My Hand, Precious Lord, was Martin Luther King Jr.'s favorite song, and it was sung at his funeral. Thomas Andrew Dorsey became his best, best version of himself as he allowed perhaps the most painful and disruptive moment of losing his wife and child to become who God wanted him to become, the best version of himself, mature, and complete. My question to you this morning is, what trials are happening in your life right now that can lead you to making decisions that help you become the best version of you that God intended, mature and complete? That's the question I have for you and I this morning. Well, what's the practical, Reese? Well, here's what I'd like you to consider this morning. Is when you think about trials, don't waste it. Embrace it. Don't waste it. Embrace trials. Meaning, trials play a significant role in your spiritual development and spiritual life. So don't waste it. Don't get bitter in the trial. Try, try your best not to get bitter in it. And, I, and don't get me wrong. I've been bitter many times in the trials. In fact, I hate trials. I don't like it. It's painful. It's difficult. It causes disruption often. But boy, if we could have a perspective of James and, and operate at a different level, we can embrace trials instead of wasting it. What a waste if we, we have a trial that we're going through and we're not paying attention to, to what God is trying to do in it and his participation in it. Again, I'm not saying God is causing the trial, but oftentimes he allows the trial uh, in our life to produce something in us. And the great thing about what we're learning about James is that God has a purpose and plan for our life in the trial. So don't waste it. Embrace it. An author, well-known author in, in, in Christian living, this man named Paul Tripp, best-selling author, he had this quote, God will take you where you wouldn't go to, producing you what you couldn't accomplish. God will take you where you wouldn't go to, producing you what you couldn't accomplish. Ain't that the truth? So what did we learn today? Our lesson was about the spirit of joy. Why can we consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kinds? And we are going to face many trials. You may be in one right now. James says there is purpose behind the trials. 
It's important we consider seeing a trial as a blessing in disguise meant to grow our faith and develop perseverance so that we can make it to the end, make it to heaven. Second, there's a plan in the trial to help us become the best version of ourselves, mature and complete, not lacking anything. Because God's goal for us is to become mature and complete. And so he uses trials to help us get there. Amen. That's why we can be joyful in trial. Well, what's the practical? Don't waste it. Embrace it. Don't waste the trial in your life. Embrace it and look for ways to grow. Well, why is this important for us to know? It's so we embrace, embrace trials to grow our faith and not lose our minds in the process. It's so we embrace trials to help us become godly people, not lacking anything. And so this morning, I hope you were encouraged today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Have a great day. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.